Right, the 2023 regular season is over. The playoffs are about to start in what 18 hours, something like that. Getting ready to go, previewing the series. We'll talk a little bit about what to expect, who's there, who's not, uh, what predictions uh, we have, what we think is going to happen, and uh, kind of go from there. Uh, Mark, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Duncan, and I am excited about these four series. I uh, was doing a little boning up on these matchups today and just really, really um, that idea that your season, as we remember from last season, your season can be over in two nights. Toronto and um, – yeah. I'm sorry, the Rays and the Rangers, I believe, play at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, they will start everything out, yep. Yeah, they could be done by dinner time Wednesday night. That's unbelievable to think about. It's almost, in a way, similar to that like one game while playing game almost kind of a thing. It just goes so fast. Well, and... You know, it's an expanded playoffs, obviously. I, <clears throat> I was a little boy, but, but when, they, when, the, uh, when the MLB went from just the two pennant winners, so September, you know, was arguably a playoff game every day, a lot of years, um, that was in, and then they, they went to the four divisions. And so you had, you know, you had a championship series and the World Series. And I think they called it the, I forget what it, but I mean, they still, you still won the pennant. You still win the pennant if you win your league. Um, but, you know, obviously the goal is the World Series. So, uh, I was a little boy when that happened. So most of my, I mean, all of my youth and, you know, a lot of my early adulthood was the four teams. And now mm-hmm. for the last, what, 20, 25 years, I guess it's been 30 years. There have been uh, a variety of formats, but almost always you know, the minimum total number of teams for the last 30 years or so has been eight. And now we've crept it up to, um, I guess it was six for a long time. No, 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 eight, four in each league. That was the minimum. And now we're at, um, you know, and then we had 10 for quite a while with the best team getting a bye. Um and now we're at 12. And it's just amazing with the three-game series, this thing can be over quickly. Mm-hmm. But the Very. teams that are in, they still got a chance. Chip in a chair, right? They're still in it. That's right. And, if, it were, uh, if it were me and I was yeah. – if I was Bobby Manfred and I was making the rules here – 
I would do away with the three game series. I'd make a minimum of five games, similar to like the NBA playoffs and stuff. That's when you really see all the dust settle and you figure out who's the best. There's less of that March Madness component to it, and you can really see the cream rise to the top in those longer series, which I think is better reflective of a full 162 season versus that March Madness style, just get hot. I mean, it still has that for sure, uh, but I think it does a little bit better of a job determining a, a true winner versus maybe this is partly me being a salty Cardinals fan after last year, but those two games and you're out just like that, I mean, it felt like not even all the way through game two, we were like, oh, all right, this is done. All right. <laughs> like right. you took all of 13 innings of baseball and we like it felt like our season was completely done and I, I don't think that was truly reflective of the season that we had uh so i would like to see a best of five versus a best of three but that's just me and like you talked about things have expanded in the past and i would not be shocked in the slightest if they decided to do something like that or add more teams whatever the case is it, it surely is going to expand more in the future well, definitely a little bit of what they're doing this year with this format, which may prove to be a little bit popular for a while because so many teams were, st- I mean, literally at, on September 1st, I think maybe only four or five teams in the whole league had been eliminated. And, you know, while there yeah. were probably another good eight or so teams, you know, at least half the league on September 1st knew they really didn't have much to play for. But the other half, they were in it. And But what they've done with the postseason, the true postseason, you're right, they took away the the insanity of the one game, which was crazy. And if you remember, some of those wild card mat or what do they call? Yeah, I guess they were called wild card back then. Some mm-hmm. of those matchups, <coughs> excuse me, were pretty one sided. Like the team, you know, because remember, if you didn't win your division, the only way you could get in was with the wild card, right? Mm-hmm. And so you could have a pretty darn good record better certainly than the other division winners and still potentially have to play that single game. Was it the Giants-Dodgers the year the Giants won 106 or the Dodgers won the division and then the Giants had to play the wild card game? Whatever, however that shook out, it was insane. So as long as there's going to be divisions and we're going to somehow try to make that an important thing, to win those, you know, there's always going to be disparity among the teams that get in. But if you look at what's going on with this current structure, by having a three-game series and all three of the games being in the higher seeds park, you really have made it pretty pretty close to impossible for that second team, you know, for those, the second and third wild cards in each league to win. 
which is what made this year so particularly interesting, and we'll talk about that as we get into these series um, for the teams that are playing these next. Well, tomorrow, all four season, all four series, series. tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but very interesting, and and really, even with the home team, the better seed which includes the the least of the three division winners, uh, Milwaukee and um, Minnesota in the two in the two leagues. Um, even those teams with you know a pretty significant advantage having all three games at home, and especially in the case of both of those divisions, those teams had, Plenty, you know, knew well in advance they were going to win the division or pretty, I guess the Brewers, it was, you know, maybe only a week or so. Yeah. But they, they still had the opportunity to, no, it was two weeks for the Brewers too. The, the Twins was like, a, felt like a month. Yeah, um, right. You know, I mean, that remember Cleveland got kind of close, got like within three games or something crazy and laid on and they just stopped to lose like 15 games in a row or (laughs) some crazy thing right but anyway the point is is that i think the way mlb's got it set up is that the top two teams in each league have a real you know like significant advantage with these buys of making it through to because the teams that are going to come in for the final four for the semifinal matchups, those two visiting teams, those two teams that are going to start in the two higher division winners ballparks, they who knows what kind of shape their pitching is going to be in, right? Because all of those, well, not in the case of the Brewers and the Twins, that's their advantage. But in the case of the other teams, who knows what kind of condition their rotations were in even for tomorrow and Wednesday and potentially I think it's Thursday or is it Friday? Um, even even for them, uh, I mean, there's there's – you know, their rotations could have just been a mess. I mean, we'll talk about Arizona and who they got starting tomorrow. Um, but even if you were able to get your, uh, you know, get it lined up, like in the case of the Brewers and the Twins, you still have to use at least two of those best starters. And if you go, especially if you go all three games, I mean, obviously your starting pitcher is not going to, should probably won't factor in game three, but you know as well as I do, if it's the eighth inning in game three and you're clinging to a one run lead, you know, and you're, uh, you're the Rangers, you're not going to have any problem whatsoever running Monty out there. Um, or, uh, who's their other decent star. They don't really have to, um, you know, with Scherzer out. So, so that, that just and and of course the two the top two division winners in each league are going to be sitting at home you know with their feet propped up watching the games on TV. So I think they've set it up so that those four teams and and I mean I'll just tell you right now before we even go through all the D I'm not there's nothing fancy in my in my thinking I've got those four teams playing for 
the championships in their respective leagues. And the only the only drama, as far as I'm concerned, is is which two teams survive those series and make it to the World Series. Oh yeah, definitely. <clears throat> I think it should be really interesting to see how it plays out. There's a couple um, interesting ways that final week of the season has shaped how the the postseason's gonna uh, look and the matchups and things like that. That really may end up changing what it could have been. Uh, could have been could have been very different depending on how the last you know series or two went. Um, but yeah, I think uh, we should definitely start with maybe just uh, kind of those those honorable mentions that didn't make the list, didn't make the postseason, but they were close. Uh, let's at least go through those. And, what about and, that NL Central? Yeah. yeah. So NL Central, what was that? A month ago we were talking about, oh, there's Central might get three teams in here. Who would have seen that coming at the beginning of the year? Oh, well, actually, just one team. It was the Brewers, so... Um, forget all, all of that talk from earlier. Uh, kind of what everyone ended up expecting ended up turning out to be the case. Cubs completely fell off, uh, fell off the the table, and um, just uh, who knows what happened? Just absolutely insane. I mean, there was a stat that I saw that uh, at the beginning of September, um, or just part way into September, they were seventy six and sixty four. They had a playoff odds of 92.4%. Mm. They were essentially a shoe in The rest of the season, they went 7-15 and 15 and Not ended up really. missing missing the playoffs by one game. You to hate Arizona. to see it unless you love to see it. Unless you're a Cardinals fan, you love to see the Cubs right. miss on something like that. But that's crazy. I, didn't re- I, I guess... While it was happening, it was kind of like the frog in the boiling water thing. But yeah, 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 literally. It was. I mean, I know this last because even as as recently as a week ago, I do remember us having the conversation when we really started, you know, doing a daily, you know, daily really watching the standings. I do remember that first time we went through everything, and and I remember us saying to each other. Well, the Cubs aren't a shoe in. They're not a shoe in like the Phillies and the Rays, but they're you know they're 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 almost certainly going to make it because yeah, we they had the juice had the at the time. Teams and we always had the three, well, the four teams in the AL, with one of them you know ultimately going to win the West. But those those three, the three AL West teams. Um, along with Toronto, you know they were they were neck and neck the whole month of September. Mm-hmm. But we thought, I mean, I I remember thinking, look at those darn Cubs, and it, remember it was down to the to the also uh, to the uh, trade deadline. Yeah, and they were bold because there was a lot of talk about Stroman getting shipped out, right. Uh, they were looking at uh, Hap, people like that. You know, they're like Bellinger. There was talk about him Belly, getting moved. Yeah, Belly was the big one. That's right. Are we gonna? Are they gonna sell him? You know, sell him high. Uh, which I think he still finished well. 
and mm-hmm. we'll probably next week we'll go through the individual stats um, yeah. because it's, I mean with four series starting tomorrow and it's you know it's just so big. I don't It'll be think, all baseball all the time. Yeah, we don't need to talk about <laughs> you know what uh, you know where Goldie ended up or whatever. Nobody nobody right. cares about that yet. But I mean, in a week, it'll be worth you know kind of looking back at. Yeah, well, and I will say with the Cubs, I mean, kudos to them as an organization for actually going for it and not being one of those middling teams that you know they kind of have been since they sold off all their big pieces. And, yeah. you know, I mean, a lot of other organizations in the same way. I mean, you look at kind of how long the Pirates have been not great ever since they moved all of their all of their guys when they had their postseason run at the beginning of last decade and everything. And a lot of those organizations, you know, you get close to the uh, the trade deadline. You're like, well, we're still rebuilding. We're going to rebuild another year. And so kudos to them for actually going for it and trusting in their young guys and saying, all right, let's see what we actually got here. Uh, it may end up hurting they've them got, they've got down some, the road. But they've got some really strong young talent too. They do. They do. They have good young players. Uh, I think probably in the back of our mind, you know, when we s- saw that they had a shot and they were kind of a shoo-in, we were shocked a little bit because I definitely did not see that coming earlier in the year before yep. they really went on their run. Um but I think in the back of a lot of people's mind, they still probably saw them as, like you kind of mentioned with a couple other teams, a year too soon for them. It's like, I don't think they really have the pieces to go out there and do it quite yet. Um, maybe it's actually two years too soon, something like that. Um, and I think the similar thing for the Reds. Uh, they ended up missing out by two games. So I think they they had a lot of, a lot of really exciting young talent. Um but it's it's always going to be hard to make any kind of meaningful run in the playoffs with that much of a, a lack of playoff experience. So. Well, and I think both those teams, you know, their fans, their front offices, certainly their clubhouses, they're both disappointed. But I still believe they're in vastly different situations. You know, it's a completely different thing. I mean, the Cubs yeah. oh, went yeah. all in. And it's not like they went crazy. They didn't mortgage the entire future or anything like that. That's a great point, yes. But they did go really hard at it. And the the Reds, even though they – I think they were, you know, higher – in a higher position at different points of the season than the Cubs ever got to. So I guess you could say their fall was further. If you want to look at it Mm -hmm. that way. But they were playing catch up all of September. And they're so young. And for a lot of these guys, this was their first, you know, their first dance. So I see them going into the postseason and into the offseason in their case with a lot of momentum a lot of excitement and you know if they can if they can do some good things in the off season shore up you know get another arm of course everybody needs arms always and um you know and and replace joey vado 
Well, yeah, and in some respects, I mean, Joey's last season wasn't anything to write home about. I, I found it interesting that he got himself tossed in the second <laughs> inning yesterday, I think it was. Right. Yeah. So that he could start his retirement. I don't know. Go I don't know if it. I saw this correctly or not, but I feel like I saw that he got tossed in his first game ever, too. I'm not sure if that's actually right or not. I probably should go look. I think they but said I was it like, was oh, that's a little full circle. career ejection, which I was thinking, is that a lot? That's, that's not a lot, is it? That's surprisingly not that many. I saw something this past week about when Bryce Harper got tossed from by Angel Hernandez um, oh, for that, that check swing call. 15. Yeah, he was at 13, mm. which I think that was a lot for him. But also, Harper's not been playing as long as Joey Votto has. so No, not nearly as – no, Harper's got yeah. a little bit of a rep. Although that was – I mean, we don't often talk about, like, individual plays. and I mean, some you know, we will with the Cardinals, especially when, you know, it matters. But that play, I saw that, or I saw the replay of it. Bryce Harper got that was just wrong. It was just wrong. Yeah, I'll say anyone who's listening, if you haven't seen it, go see it. And I'm, I imagine if you're listening, you probably have because you're a baseball fan. But right, um, <clears throat> yeah, it was crazy. got called out strike three on a check swing that was basically identical to a check swing earlier in the at bat. Wasn't even close to breaking the plane. That was my whole oh. thing. Not even close. Great post-game interview, though, by Bryce saying, all right, well, I guess I'm going to get fined for being right again. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> it just kills me. I feel really so good funny. about that club, although I'm not picking them to to beat either the Dodgers or the Braves. But I, I feel really good about the Phillies going forward. But, yeah, and then yeah. in the American League, the team that – you know, the sad sacks who became, well, there's actually two of them. One's in the playoffs, the other's out. But <laughs> the uh, the Mariners just came up a little short. Uh, they had it all in front of them. In fairness, they, they had did. the last week of the season, last 10 days of the season, they played the Rangers seven times and actually didn't do bad. I think they went three and four. Uh, yeah, they went four and six over the last ten. Yeah, yeah, and not great. Not great. I mean, same same with the Cubs. I think it was the same with the Reds. Maybe they were three and seven. The Marlins only went five and five. It wasn't like they went crazy. Oh no, Mar- Marlins went six and four. Oh, they went six and four. Okay. Yeah, so that helped them. That okay. extra win there. Maybe it was the uh, was it the D backs that went five and five. Whoever went five and five over that last ten. But um, uh, anyway, the point is, is that Seattle mm, tough, tough. I, I I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know how to feel about it. I feel like we came into the season. They certainly weren't close to the favorites in a division that's got the Astros in it. So. You know that was never a thing. Yeah. Well, I think, I think in a way, uh, well, I, firstly, I have this like weird soft spot for the Mariners. I just like a lot of their young guys, and they're just an exciting team to me. Uh, that I was really hoping they'd make the playoffs, just see what they would do. Um, I think one of the stories and part of that whole puzzle that all fits together is. 
Houston going out and taking the division title. Uh, also with Texas actually showing back up as well and winning. I feel like that has as much to do with it as Seattle kind of not blowing it, but not showing up and taking it to be like they didn't take it and said, we're going to be in the playoffs. So I think it has it's it's a combination of the two, because, I mean, I wasn't expecting to see Houston go out and win the whole division either, because two weeks ago they were right on the edge of missing the playoffs at the, the bottom of the wild card last wild card spot and everything. So well, um, don't even get me started on the Rangers just you know basically ending I mean I'm not going to say they can't beat the Rays although I certainly wouldn't bet it. But the big I mean when you have a bye and you can mm-hmm. sit home and watch the other teams battle it out Especially when they're going to be battling out, battling it out with the Rays, who are a ninety-nine win team. Right. It's not like they're battling it out with the Twins. I mean, the Rays are good. expected to win. The Rays are the real deal. Yeah, and that's not no shots fired at the Twins. They're a good team as well. Phenomenal pitching staff. That's going to be a very exciting part of the that series and everything. We'll get into that, but but yeah, I think. This is that's going to be a huge storyline with Texas. Is did they shoot themselves in the foot by uh, over this last month or so of just kind of slowly petering out and kind of not backing into the playoffs, but kind of they could have just taken charge of that division and said, This is ours and we're going to win it by you know five games, something like well, that. And, and they didn't the do thing. it. Here's 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 what happened they you know they 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 were the they came out of the gate. Quick, they were the best team in baseball for part of the season. Remember, it was them and the Diamondbacks early, and of course the Orioles. The Orioles were wire to wire. Same thing with the Braves and the Dodgers. But um, the uh, the Rangers then were just horrible after the break, and they were yeah whatever advantage they had was gone. And then they were coming, they were playing from behind. They were, I think there were as many as three games back. Uh, of course, Seattle had it, you know, for a while. Houston had it for, you know, maybe a week. I think I saw a stat they were in first place for 139 days this season, which is tough. Unfortunately, they were not in first place on the last day of the season. And it's That's when it matters. And they had here's another thing that's sick about it. They have the same record as the Astros. So really, all they had to do was win the last game of the season, which they lost one to nothing to who? The Seattle Mariners, who were couldn't, couldn't have been more disappointed. <laughs> But I, I will say that's one that's one reason to give the Mariners all the love in the world is that yesterday they showed up, they battled, and they got a 1-0 shutout, which cost Texas the division and meant that they have to um, 
you know, they have to go there. Go play a wild card round. You got to go to Tampa tomorrow, tonight. These, I'm sure they're there right now, probably trying to sleep. Probably saying, shit, it's Man. 10 o'clock, 10 it's quiet in, in the East Coast. Quiet flight. Very quiet flight to Tampa. That, some low vibes on that plane, I imagine. Well, and they got to fire themselves up. They got the guys that can do it. They still got a ton of talent. Um, I mean, you know, they don't care what anybody's batting. All they can do is go out there with the 25 guys in their dugout, 26. Yeah, whatever, this is their chance to prove it. And try to win two out of three from a 99-win team on their turf. I mean, it's, you know, it's the odds are stacked. But, again, you did it to yourself. And and here's the thing. We talk about this all the time. The losses in April are the same as the losses in June are the same as the losses in August. And, you know, we understand that. But but when you are down to a game, to the last game of the year, and you cannot even produce one run, I mean, I'm going to still applaud you for the season you had. You had a fine season. And you, there's a lot of things to be excited about in the future. I mean, Corey Seager is one of my favorite players in baseball. But... Man, that's yeah. tough. That's I. I mean, how how do you expect a team? Uh, how how can you believe in a team to go win a World Series if you need them to do that in a game and they can't score at all? I mean, right. It kind of comes down to that. If you're trying to win the World Series and do, are you going to be clutching the playoffs? Because right now it's not about uh, you know the Billy Bean. Stats balancing out over 162. This is about, all right, you're in a clutch situation. Can you show up when you need to? And they didn't do it on that final day of the season, so I don't have a lot of faith in them being able to do it against the Rays. Now, will that galvanize them, and then they do show up now against the Rays? Maybe. That'll show their resolve as a team, but um, that, that'll be a, a, a watching uh, a point to watch and stuff. Uh, with that storyline, so well, and when their weakness is bullpen, and you know, in the postseason, we know how important the bullpen becomes. Yeah, it's just uh, it's a tough situation. So we can talk a little bit more about that series, but I um I think it's it's pretty apparent. You could probably guess where I fall on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say uh, just one other thing I was thinking of uh, when you were mentioning, you know, the wins in April mean is the, the exact same, or wins or losses in April mean the same as at the end of the season. I was thinking about that against the Cubs because I had heard some chatter, uh, and this is not a pile on the Cubs uh, section of the podcast, although uh, I'm sure some Cardinals fans would love that. Um, mm-hmm. But at the end of the season, there's a lot of chatter about, oh, well, the Cubs had a really tough uh, end of the season and, uh, you know, other teams had easier schedules at the end. And it's like, yeah, but that's part of this balanced schedule. So the Cubs had those easier games early on and got to build up those wins. And then you still had to play those harder teams at the end of the season when they finished up with the Braves 
and then the Brewers, who ended up winning the division. So you had two division winners uh, that you had to close the season against. So, yeah, you can say that it was harder at the end, but also that's where you need to you know, get out to a bigger lead then if you know that you're going to have harder games at the end because everyone's going to end up playing the same uh, teams and everything outside of their division. So The only teams that complain uh, about their late, se- late season schedule are the teams that aren't in the playoffs. Exactly. Yeah. You know? So that's that's how I feel about, you know, we're fans of, of soccer as well with the Premier League and, you know, the way that they set that up. Uh, you know, you play every team home and away and it's going to balance out at the end of the year and you're going to have ebbs and flows throughout the season. But at the end of the day, everybody plays everybody. And that's how, you know, the chips fall where they may and everything balances out. Um, and you can't have any complaints about, oh, well, we had a tougher end of the season. It's like, yeah, but you had an easy beginning, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, we love the game because of the flow and the length and, the, you know, we've celebrated the how they've sped games up, but we still love the fact that you can give up 19 runs one game and score 15 the next. It's just... It's it's perfect. It's 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 in my mind. It's always going to be a perfect sport. I mean, other sports are awesome. You mentioned the Premier League. You know, I love the NBA. But baseball's unique, and we're going to spend time during this off season talking about what happened over one sixty two. But for the rest of tonight, the rest of this pod, we're going to talk about these four matchups. Yep. Well, we we already started with Texas and Tampa. We might as well keep talking about it. Yeah. I'll say let's move out of the the area of tank tops and flip-flops, and we're going to put on our jackets and beanie hats uh, to get into the playoffs and that brisk fall weather when baseball really starts to get fun and so we're gonna get we're gonna get out of the way the two hot weather cities that uh it'll still be 85 degrees in (laughs) yeah Uh, Yeah, no kidding yeah but so the so the rangers are gonna go with monty uh yep and against glass now is who it's looking like. Yep. And they haven't even announced their game two starter yet to go against, uh, Zach, uh, Afflin. Afflin. Yeah, I saw that. But, uh, I mean, you know, good for Jordan Montgomery. I hope he, I hope he has a decent outing. Me too. Uh, but I think Glasno is, I think he's a, I don't know if he's a bona fide ace, but he's a solid. He's a very, you know, he's a top level starter. He's a one. Yeah, he definitely is. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. If he's I say like looking a top at six or eight starter in his league. What do you think? Uh, I don't think he has enough of a track record yet. I think I've, uh, this is going to cause some ripples, but I, I put him mentally in a similar category to to Jack Flaherty or like a. Mm. Or like a Lucas Giolito in a way. Lucas Giolito's done a little bit, little bit more, but similar to Flaherty, where it's like, all right, these guys are like top level talents. But Glass now has an injury problem. Flaherty had an injury problem as well the last couple of years. You know, he's he's had missed some significant time. 
Um, and so it's one of those things where he has the the ability to go out and pitch seven, eight innings with 10 Ks, but maybe doesn't have that floor and doesn't have that consistency with his health either. So you could get either end of that spectrum in the playoffs. So that's the thing. I mean, you'd look at his stats against the Rangers roster right now. He's got a 29.5% K percentage. Wow. So, and his average, his batting average against is 189. So he could go out and just mow down this lineup with his just absolutely devastating slider that he has. Or you could see him go out there and just lay an absolute egg as well. So it could go either way. I mean, just since I mentioned those numbers, I'll look at what Monty did too, or has against the, the Rays roster and those players there. Uh, his average against uh, is 264. He's got a 15.7% K percentage. Definitely not as much of a strikeout pitcher anyways as Glasnow yep. is. Um, so that's partly to be expected. He should um, be pretty familiar with them, though, having you know uh, pitched in New York and, with the Yankees before. Yeah, yeah. yeah I totally still agree. like. I still think I've got to go with uh, Tampa. I just, I, I mean, obviously, the home field means something. Probably not as much as it used to, but. You know, you got the you got the batting you got the the guy that wins the batting crown. Uh, they don't hit a ton of bombs. Or they don't. Uh, let me let me restate that. They don't have that slugger with the 40, 50 homers. Right, but that's also not the Rays' game. Right, they, they, and the way they that they do, set up but their they, team, they still hit plenty of home runs. I mean, they do. It's just not concentrated with a single guy. Right. But they have such – I mean, they're good all over the field. I think they pick it well. Um, I just I, I just think they got a little bit more. I think they got – I mean, and they won 99 games. That's – to me, that's the – that is kind of the tail of the tape, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so I like them actually in two. I mean, with Glasnow and Eflin against Monty and hasn't even been announced yet. Yeah, it's still unknown. That's a little tough. That's a little tough for Texas. And the reason, the reason I, they haven't I, announced I, it is because they had to use everybody, you know, in the last week of the season. <laughs> so I, I forget who picked exactly. yesterday for them. Um, but, yeah, it's hard. It's not easy. Yeah, I would have to agree with you as well. Looking at you know some of the stats and stuff like that, like I mentioned, I could see Monty going out there and putting a quality start together, and kind of you know just giving you that classic. I'm going to give the team a chance to win, yeah. you know, kind of approach, yeah. and maybe he gives up three, something like that. Pitch a six, you know, six innings, three earned, get a chance to win. But then you get into the bullpen, and that's been their Achilles heel all year. I could easily see that just completely falling apart in the second half of the game there for them. you know. And if you're combating a glass now, putting together a gem where he pitches seven and two-thirds, eight Ks, something like that, one earned, it's going to be tough to go up against and trying to trust your bullpen to hold on to 
you know, only giving up three runs or something like that to give your chance team a chance to win. So then you could be down 0-1 with your pitching staff looking a little decimated at the end of the season, like you were talking about having to use all the way everybody up all the way to the last day of the season. So I think raising two sounds right to me. Yeah, I think so. Uh, this guy, uh, this, this uh, let me just mention Paredes. Yeah, yeah. Stud. Struck yeah. out a good number, but he still put up a 4-3 war. And Yandi is, I mean, we're not going to talk about their best player who's no longer with the team, probably maybe never coming back. But, uh, you know, that's tough to replace. But but Yandi has had a very strong season. Very. They've got a lot of underrated guys. That's for sure. And I think that's, this is the fun part of the postseason, too, where you get to watch – teams you know on a national broadcast that you don't usually get to watch these teams um or a lot of people don't go seek out watching those teams and so you get to see a lot of players that you don't hardly see so like isaac paredes is a great example that a lot of people really don't see him play and you know admittedly i don't i haven't watched him right play (laughs) you know know, much of the season exactly what you're saying yeah, so that that's part of the fun storylines to get to see and get to know some of these guys. So I think the Rays will be one of those teams where you you learn a couple new names, that's for sure. Absolutely. All right. All right. Let's let's move on to the next game of the day tomorrow, you think? Do yeah. that. So this is the three thirty central game. Blue Jays at the Twins. Yep. Uh, expected starters are going to be Gosman for the or for the Blue Jays against Pablo Lopez for the Twins. What are you thinking? I mean, I think this is going to be a great series, is what I think. Um, <laughs> yes, I don't know. I guess I mean, well, here's here's what I believe generally, and here's what I'm hoping to see a lot of over the next week and a half or whatever. It really, I mean, it always comes down to starting pitching, right? And we should be seeing, I mean, we are, not we sh- not, not we should be. We're going to be seeing the, most of the best pitchers in baseball. You know, there's a couple on teams that aren't in it, but right, we're going to be seeing some studs. This series is going to be the perfect example of that. Well, and Pablo Lopez is a guy that's not, you know, again, not a household name, not a not an ace with 10-year, you know, not a 10-year ace or that. But he's a, he's a really good pitcher. Mm-hmm. And a name the Cardinals were in on in the offseason that hurts a little bit to see him succeeding so much. I mean, I'm glad he's succeeding, but... Uh, what could have been for sure for the Cardinals? Yeah, well, the Twins made the right move. Um, Absolutely, yeah. whatever. But uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm still. I think I'm going to pick the Twins. Although Toronto has a mm. really good offense, when it's clicked, that's that's where I'm going with Toronto. If they can click, which they have been at the end of the year here. Yep. I'm I'm going to go with them. I think the P- 
pitching matchups, the pitching staffs are pretty even. Um, I might, I think I'm leaning Blue Jays partially for Blue Jays have the bigger names, bigger names. And I feel like they have more strikeout pitchers, which might play better in the postseason, especially when, you know, I've kind of, you see trends in the postseason where players are a little bit more swing happy. Yeah. Uh, looking to get a big hit, something like that. And so you get a strikeout pitcher, you could really rack up the Ks. Um, so I think that might play, you know, with Gosman and, and Barrios as the first two starters for them this series. So. Who do they pitch in game three? I'm assuming, that is a great I'm question. I'm assuming Bassett pitched yesterday or Saturday, right? I'd have to go look back at, like, what their schedule was and how they ended the season. Um but yeah, Bassett would be is would be their number three, yeah. um, and then after that, it's you know you you say Kikuchi, I think is their number number four. Yeah, I believe um, so. I mean, after but, that, uh, after that, you're you're running out of guys that had starts. You know what I mean? I yeah. Mean, well, and that's that, where I think. Yeah. I feel like they're really going to be leaning on those n- numbers one and two uh, for them, and just trying to. Well, and every and everybody does. Everybody does. So there's yeah, nothing yeah. wrong with that. But I was just curious because in both this series and it, probably at least one of them we're going to talk about on the other side, I could easily see a game three. Oh yeah, and you know that. I mean, it's it's a it's a decision it's a it's you know uh, and when we get to them i'll talk about uh something i heard today about um you know a potential strategy that some teams have forced upon them uh you know in terms of setting up your ro- or at least you know if you're in that position what's the what's the how do you how do you sell yourself how do you convince yourself you can still overcome uh what seems like a pretty significant disadvantage which is what all these four winners are going to be facing starting next monday or whenever it is right right yeah um but anyway yeah i think i'm going to go i think i'm going to take i think i'm going to go with the twins i think i'm going to go with the and again i'm going to do it based simply on home field so here's mm. here's here's what point. i say because it happened to us i want to go i want the hometown fans to go to the ballpark and see their teams win i like that at i feel least, that at least in this round right so so far i'm picking especially in the american league i'm going to pick the two home Teams. As a matter of fact, I know for certain I'm picking a third one, and I'll keep the fourth one because I'm going to have to make it. <laughs> I feel I feel like I'm sitting at the restaurant and the waiter is on his way over, and I've only. And then you're going to ask them what they like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. That's funny. Well, let me throw this out here too, just see if this changes your mind at all. Yeah. Uh, Bassett did not go last game of the season. It was a. Uh, unheralded guy Wes Parsons is who they threw out there so Bassett should be able to go number three or game three I should say 
if needed. So or come out of the pen or something like that if they needed to well, do that. Well, that definitely so. gives them the advantage. I mean, it. Well, let's look at that. Let's take a quick glance at that. The <laughs> Twins are probably going to start. Let's see what we're looking at here. Uh, With their starters. Yeah. Who, who yeah, so they're going to go Lopez. Gonna in game three. That's what I'm wondering. Oh, gotcha. I was going to say it's, it's going to be Lopez, Gray, and then Joe Ryan. Ryan, probably. Yeah. Probably Joe Ryan. I mean, I'd take the I'd take the Blue Jays there. I'd take Bassett over Ryan if you're going solely on that. And I I, think, really, I that kind of thing right. could be a coin flip. I think you're right, and. So I'm gonna need I'm gonna need I'm gonna need the twins to do it in two is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. And you know uh, something to keep in the back of your mind too as well. I mean, you see post games or postseason games happen all the time where you have um, a starter who's you know a Cy Young candidate something like that go out there and he goes three point one, and right. you go oh. Uh, I was not expecting that, and now all of a sudden, you know that uh, approach that you had of like, oh, we got this guy, and then this guy right after, we're gonna easily be up two games, more so in like a seven game series. But like, all right, this is how it's gonna work, and then all of a sudden, your game one starter who's a Cy Young candidate, you know, only goes three innings, and you're like, okay, what the heck? Now he can't go for another three days. What? What are we gonna do? Well, you definitely have to be comfortable with that because starters going even five innings in the playoffs is it's kind of a dying thing. It is. Yeah, I mentioned the Snell thing with when he was on the Rays. Uh, what was that, three years ago now? Yeah. Something like that. Uh, getting pulled. So that's, that's a perfect example of it. Yeah. Well, that'll wrap up that series. Let's move over to uh, the next game starting at six east or six central, excuse me, tomorrow in Milwaukee. Going to be the Diamondbacks versus the Brewers. We're going to be seeing Corbin Burns for the Brewers taking on Brandon Fat for the the D backs. Interesting little matchup there. Obviously, you would anticipate you know the pitching matchup leaning more towards Milwaukee there. So. What are your thoughts on on that series in general, too? Yeah, that is this is another example of a team that probably exceeded most expectation. Uh, it's not even probably; it's it's definitely nobody expected the Diamondbacks to to do as well as they've done. Uh, they might they have one of the most exciting new young players in the National League in Corbin Carroll. Uh, Christian Walker's a bona fide star or will be. They got a good team. Very. But Corbin Benson and Woodruff. Corbin and, Burns. Or Corbin Burns <laughs> Corbin Benson. That's funny. Uh, and uh, and Woodruff and um, and Devin Freddie Williams Peralta. on the back end. Yeah, St. Louis's own CBC bread. Uh, there's it's going to be too much. Arizona's not gonna, See, no. because Arizona really was, their offense is not that great. 
you know, when you look at it. I mean, they've had a couple guys have pretty good, and like I said, they got some young studs. Uh, but, and they probably, I mean, they have a really good catcher, but I love Contreras. I like Contreras. Yeah. Um, he's very good. I hate, I'm not, don't let, don't tell anybody I said this, but Adamas is <laughs> the kind of guy that 30 fan bases would want on their team. Even with his bad numbers this year, you'd still want him on your team. For the kind of leader that he well, is. Well, and he's a plus shortstop, right? Defensively, yeah. I mean, he's yeah. had a bad offensive season this year, I think. But um, I feel like but he's, he's, he's a good you know player. They say there's no such thing as clutch. You know, that clutch is not a thing. I feel like yeah, that's he, not true at all. <laughs> he, rem- he reminds me a little bit of Yachty from an offensive yeah. perspective. Heart rate slows down. His eyes get bigger. He's like, all right, I'm focused. When you look at when you look at the the 162, when you look at his season stats, there's they're nothing to write home about. But I feel mm-hmm. like in a big spot, he's going to come through. You know, often enough that you notice him. Yeah. So I just feel like I mean I, I mean I think it's definitely going to be pitching that does it. But I don't think the Brewers have very much problem with the with the snakes, as some people like to call them. <laughs> yeah, I could I could see this going two different ways: either the Brewers win convincingly in two, or the D backs, you know, make it a, a three game series and just like rabbit in the hair. Or uh, rabbit in the hair, tortoise in the hair. Right. Um, you know, slow and steady wins the race. But ironically, not um, by being slow and steady. I could see. I think it's going to be won and lost on if offensively the D backs can get on base and steal bases and just run yeah. the Brewers to death. Um, well, remember, it's not Wilson Contreras back there. It's William Contreras. That's right. I don't I I don't know. I don't know if he's much better of a defensive catcher than his brother. It's his brother, right? They're brothers or are they cousins? Yeah, they're brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know that he's a I don't know that he's a uh better, much better catcher. Probably couldn't be a whole lot worse, but um but that's not what he's there for. He's a stud. He's he can swing it. So he definitely can. Well, I've got some good stats for you about that uh, with catcher stats and things uh, from Ken Rosenthal. I saw today. Um, Milwaukee catchers towards, I don't think they're the absolute bottom. Yeah, third worst in the majors as far as throwing out runners. Yeah. Throwing out base dealers. I think I heard that uh, he couldn't throw anybody. Ten, yeah, between Contreras and Victor Caratini, who's their backup, 10.4% of the time they throw out a base dealer. Woo. That's it. So that's why I'm thinking if the D-backs can get on base. You're saying a single's a triple for Arizona. Basically. I mean, they could they could small ball them to death, and honestly, that'd be really interesting to see how that would work against them. I mean, when you look at them as a team, uh, This, I mean, really it's going to come down to how hot they are, how hot of a batting team they are, you know, here at the end of the season. But overall for the entire entire season – their OBP as a team is 322. Not great. Mm-mm. 
So if you're going to be a running team, I mean, you got to get that higher, right? Much higher if if you want to, you know, employ that as a strategy. But you know, for just the postseason, if they can be hot and draw some walks, if Corbin Burns is a little bit off in Game One. Um, I don't think they know who they're throwing in game two yet. I would imagine either Woodruff or Freddie oh, Peralta. So Brandon but, Woodruff, uh, Woodruff has not been announced? No, yeah, they don't have anybody. But I think if the D-backs can get out to – if they can somehow get to Corbin Burns, get on base and win game one, I think it's going to be looking like it's the D-back series because they follow up game one with – Zach Gallon and then Merrill Kelly for the last two. Oh, that's absolutely Arizona's strategy. Yeah, I just I just think it goes the other way. I don't think they can get game one. I think they're going to get got by Burns because Burns is. <laughs> I mean, he's 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 what top three starter in baseball. Yeah. Yeah, not quite the season he had. What was that? Two years ago, yeah. where he was basically unhittable. But he's yeah, he is right up there. I mean, he's not. He's he doesn't have obviously the careers of of Verlander, Scherzer, you know, or or even Kershaw. But those three are you know they're on the backs. I mean, two of them are basically done, and the other one's on the backside. So, I mean, right in in terms of who the top starters are in baseball right now obviously you got Cole but I think is is Burns the favorite to win the um Cy Young who who, Cy who is it uh no I was just saying for the Cy Young yeah because none of the Braves Zach Gallon maybe Strider I guess would be the is he's one of the top contenders but that's he's a controversial not everybody loves him. Yeah, I think Zach Gallen in the um, conversation, Blake Snell be in the conversation. I don't think Gallen has enough, though, does he? Does he have enough stats to back that up? That's a great question. I think right now, I think it's Snell. Yeah, it's pretty, Justin yeah, Steele's up been there. One of them all year, but I think quietly. Did Burns win it two years ago? Corbin Burns, he did win one, I think. I Let me see he what did it too. was. He might have won. No, he didn't. Oh, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, it was 2021. Yeah, yep. two years ago. Yep. Yeah, so anyway, I, I like – I'm going to go with, again, the uh, home team here, the better record, the better – a little bit of everything. Um, and, again – Hats off to a great season by Arizona, coming kind of from out of nowhere. Uh, when you think about how much money the Padres spent, the Mets, think about teams like the Giants and the Cardinals, you just didn't expect Arizona to be there, and here they are. So good for yeah. them. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go opposite of you. I'm gonna take the D backs. I'm gonna say they get to Burns, get a couple bloops here and there, somehow it. sneak out a few runs, and I then love it. And you know they're starting like three. a straight up rookie, Frock or whatever his name is. Fat, yeah, yeah. He's and then, but then I'm gonna I'm gonna say that they get absolutely mopped up 
against uh, the Dodgers. Oh so, my gosh. but that'll be a nice series win if fun. they can beat Milwaukee. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll close it all out here with the last series then. We got the Marlins at Philadelphia, a little uh, interdivision matchup here. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Lazardo starting for the Marlins, and then Zach Wheeler going for the Phillies, too. And then they got um, Nola in game two. Nola's in game two <laughs> against Braxton, uh, Braxton Garrett. Uh, and then I think, as far as game three goes, they haven't announced anybody yet. So. Yeah. Um, I think it's just so easy to pick the Phillies in this one for obvious reasons with their pitching. I mean, if you can throw Wheeler and Nola, Wheeler's got a 23% K percentage, and against the Marlins players, their uh, average against is 246. And then you've got Nola with very similar 22% K percentage, and opponents hitting 236 against him. Uh, from the Marlins, so both just, very I solid. I just saw them. I just saw. Uh, uh, we just saw them. All of us did. The whole world did. Saw them in the playoffs last year, make it to the World Series, and they're just they're they're grown men. You know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. they're like. I mean, I know the Marlins. They're all professionals on that squad as well. But when you line up Schwarber and Harper and Real Muto and, you know, I mean, and I get it that any one of the, well, not so much Real Muto, but, you know, injury is always a factor. A guy like Schwarber could strike out five times in a game. But they're just big, bad boys, right? Well, and since they were there last year, too. They say, "Oh yeah, this is where we're supposed to be. Yeah. This is this is where we do our damage right here. This is, yep. you know, we're used to this. We've done it before. We can do it again." And you got a lot of younger guys on the other side. Who do they have closing for them? The Phillies. Yeah. Uh, Kimbrel's still there, right? Is that who they're going with? I mean, they've got a great bullpen. Actually, um, let me look here. Because they've got like Sir Anthony Dominguez and Jose Alvarado. Um, let me look and see who they have actually closing this year. I'm trying to get there myself. Oh, Kimbrell's leads them in saves with 23, and then Soto's got 24 holds. And he's pretty good. Um, and I Jose mean, Alvarado's got 10 himself too, so. Yeah, yeah. So I guess that's that's it. And then it looks like, yeah, they do spread it around a little bit. Soto's got three. Dominguez has two. So Lorenzen will probably be in the bullpen, I would imagine. And where does – I mean, I think their bullpen is, is, is top half of the National League, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they've got a very nice bullpen. Yeah. And so I just feel like all in all – facets of the game they're pretty competent now having said all that I think they're the kind of team that can go cold but they're also the kind of team that can score eight runs in the first right right I don't they're hot are hot and their colds are cold yeah I don't think the Marlins have that kind of overall firepower 
I mean, you got Jorge. You got you know they got some they got some boys down there that play some baseball, but and A little Mo State Jake Berger action. Yeah, gotta love Jake Berger, but you know he. Uh, uh, but those guys haven't been there. You know, arise. No. What's his postseason experience? Probably none. You know, a little bit with the Twins, but they got spanked by the Yankees oh, in yeah. the past. So yeah, never won. Yeah, he hasn't been on a winning team in the postseason. Put it that way, in any right. way, shape, or form. So, uh, so I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to make it a clean sweep for me. I think I'm going to take all the home teams. I know it's boring, chalk, and all that, <laughs> but I just think it's the. I I think. The, the, in the current iteration of the game, and just happens to be with the with the way it all shook out. Um, you know, I just think now I don't know that it's going to. I think a couple of these teams, if you know, if I if the teams I expect to win can win, at least one of them I think has a shot in the next round. Uh, I already told you how I feel about the NL, but but you know, once we get to the American League, it's a much it's a much more nuanced conversation, I believe. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, but, I was thinking this series is it just purely academic because winner of this is going to Atlanta, right? And I would expect the Braves to win that series, whoever it is. I mean, the Phillies probably have a little bit more of a puncher's chance uh, in Atlanta than I would expect the the Marlins to, but. I would still take the Braves, no matter who wins this one. Those are best of sevens or best of fives? I think they're best of fives. And then seven for the CS, seven for the World Series. I mean, any way you slice it, and we'll talk about it next week, and we'll... We'll get into a deeper dive on, like, individual rosters when we're down to just two series in each league. Because uh, like we said, a couple of these series could be over Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday night. Um, yeah. Well, one last thing I'll say on this series, though, with the Marlins, I do want to give them a little kudos for getting in. Because uh-huh. last time we checked in, and definitely the time before that, too, they were on the outside looking in by not an insignificant amount. Um, so kudos to them for getting in and actually surpassing the the Diamondbacks, uh, getting that second wild card spot. So um, no, they played great coming down the stretch. Good God bless. Yeah, them, you know. Well, and with what happened with them in in New York, uh, with all of the rain delay stuff uh, and the wet field and everything, and messing with their pitching. Uh, Maybe that sparked a little bit something in the team. Skip Schumacher was getting real hot on the on the field. It looked like he was yelling at the grounds crew uh, in New York. Yeah, against the Mets. But maybe that sparked something in them, and now they got a little juice uh, for the playoffs. And maybe they shock Philly and somehow take that series. So that'd be a fun storyline. I don't see it happening necessarily, but that could be really fun. Uh, if that's like whatever the spark was that they needed to to get going for the playoffs, so well, and we definitely got to give Skippy, uh, a former Redbird, a lot of love because he, you know, he and the first base coach Yanye, 
Yanye. Uh, yeah, they're going to be there. I mean, as in terms of a sentimental favorite, I'd love to see him make some noise. I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I don't love the Phillies. I, I, I respect them and I think they're fun to watch play baseball. But they're still, a, you know, I mean, they're from Philadelphia, so uh, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm still, I'm still bitter over the whole, you know, the whole battle we had when the Blues had to go up into the stands against the, you know, the play Bob Plagers up in the stands, throw tossing fans around like they're, you know, <laughs> like little sacks of potato. But um, yeah, no, I think I think Philly takes it. I think Wheeler and Nola get it done. Um, looking for Trey Turner to have a big series. One of the most fun players to watch in the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, is he the best player on the team? Mm, that's a tough call, but he's, he's one, might be, yeah. he's, you know, it, I mean, I guess Harper's overall the best hitter, right? Um, just and he shows up when it counts. That clutch gene. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think Schwarber's got it too. I mean, he does. And, and you got to give Philly credit. I, th- I heard the other day. I think Kyle Schwarber has batted. I don't know, like two twenty something this year, and he's been leading off for most of the season. Yeah, no, he hasn't. He hasn't batted two twenty something. Yeah, he, he's batted under the Mendoza line one ninety seven. That is, but he's got an eight eight seventeen OPS. It's ridiculous. His his OBP's three forty three. I mean, dude takes his walks. That's for sure. Hundred and twenty six walks this year. He definitely will work a count. He will strike out. But 126 yep. walks is a lot of walks, and he hits a lot. He's the he's is he the best example of the 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 three true modern player. player in the game today? Probably, I would say maybe even Joey Gallo <laughs> more so. But as far as a successful player, yes, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, in terms of success, yeah. Um, also, a guy on the same team who's been hurt, Reese Hoskins, is as well. Yeah. Very much. Now he's a walker. He, he won't factor. Guy. He's out, right? Yeah, yeah. I think he's hurt for the rest of the year. Um, but yeah. So Harper, Schwarber, Turner, Real Muto, they get it done. Uh, the kid I love from last year was at Marsh. Uh, With the long hair. Yeah, who was scared of his own shadow and then wound up. Yeah, Brandon Marsh it done. Uh, I like him. Uh, and so I'm going to take the Phillies in this one. I'm going to make it a clean sweep. Uh, I do want to say generally a couple things I'm looking for in, you know, is in just in this round in general. I want to see a pitcher dominate. Like I'd love to see eight innings, a one-hit ball. Uh, a complete game shutout, you know, three hits, one walk, twelve strikeouts, something like that. I want to see. I want to see one just dominant pitching performance, just so we can all be reminded that p- 
pitching and defense still wins championships, always has, always will. And I'm, like I'm going to take Aaron Nola to do that and saying nice I'm going to be a free agent this offseason. Give me that bag. I mean, it could be Burns. It could be Nola. It could be Sonny Gray. It could be any. I mean, there's, 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 you know, Gallon. Yeah, there's six or eight candidates that, you know, could, you could almost say the top two starters on almost all eight of these teams could. Oh, actually, I could see Gosman doing it. I, I love watching him pitch for some reason. Bottom line, I love, uh, I, I want to see one dominant pitching performance, and I'd love to see a uh, a team just just get silly with it, just put up like four crooked number innings in a row. And, oh, yeah. you know, and we're playing, we're playing like the middle of July where – you know, somebody like uh, Arise is throwing, you know, he's he's pitching an inning because they're down 17 to 6 in the 8th or something. Something fun like that. Yeah. I'm going to take for that kind of thing, I'm taking the Rays. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Rays game two. I, I like Innings. It. Innings like four, six, and seven. I like it. And when when you get to the Rangers bullpen, they're just gonna go wild. I mean, they could there you go. There's a. <laughs> I could easily see them putting together six, seven hits in a row, and you know, next oh yeah, they put a six spot up on them. Well, there's there's some specific predictions. Is a there's a podcast I like to listen to as well, um, Total Soccer Show podcast, and they'll do. Very specific predictions, oh, right. which is such a fun fun segment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's our very specific predictions. Right, uh, right, exactly. Right uh, well, perfect. I um, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be at work at two o'clock tomorrow, so probably have to sneak some looks at the phone every ten fifteen minutes or so. And then I'll look forward to watching the highlights of the first game. And then the mm-hmm. second game will probably be about halfway through when I get off. And then I'm going to try to watch as much as I can the last two games tomorrow night just to, just because I want to see what these teams look like, you know, facing off against each other. And, um, and the nighttime games are the two National League games. So I know those teams pretty well. Obviously, the Brewers we just saw. Um, right. But it'll be fun to watch them, especially with everybody, you know, with all these bigger teams bringing, uh, putting up their, you know, their star, their, their top of the rotation, their aces. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. It's the playoffs. We're here. Let's do it. All right. Let's get back together uh, prior to the next round. So, yeah, sometime the end of those, this week here, we'll get another one out. Yep. And uh, we'll do a postmortem on the four teams that got to play an extra two or three games. And uh, It's so sad when you say it that way. <laughs> I mean, it's so true, though. 
<laughs> it's a yeah. brutal. Hey, I mean, think about it back in the day. You know, you play for 162 games. And how many of those, how many teams did the Yankees sweep in the 40s, 50s, and 60s? You know, I mean, it's just, oh, just incredible. How many, how many teams, you know, get to the World Series for the first time in 30 years and, and, you know, lose 4 1? The Tigers in 06. I mean, there's just so many examples. All right, sir. Well, I appreciate it and uh, look forward to talking to you later this week and we'll, we'll see what happens over the next few days. Sounds good. All right, have a good uh, baseball watching day tomorrow, and uh, we'll catch up with you in a few days. 